Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in the wonderful land of crowdfunding? You know that magical space where I find you all the free money in the world for your projects? You know, isn't that magical space? It's one of the best places out there. I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, CEO of Woodshed Agency, and you may be asking, well, what do we do? Well, we help projects find funding and crowdfunding. That's what we do. Um, but this podcast is all about talking to project creators while they are either in the middle of a campaign or right after their campaign ends. And that is exactly what we're going to be doing today. So on today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking to the company Exter, E-K-S-T-E-R, about their new product, The Key Holder. And this project, by the way, is amazing. They, uh, they've got eight days to go, if you're listening to this today, over 3,000 backers and $202,000 raised for a key holder. And this isn't just any key holder. This is a very, very, very cool key holder. So that uh, conversation is coming up with Oliver and uh, his business partner, uh, I believe Rick, here in just a little bit. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, let's talk about what's kind of going on around here. Well, we're doing this intro. This is the first intro that I've done from the home uh, since the quarantine. So I thought this might be a nice opportunity to kind of check in with, uh, with, the, with the Wenzel family here at One Wenzel Way and see... Uh, See what they're doing. So maybe we can talk to Neve real quick. Neve, what are you up to over there? Neve, come over here. Nevey. So she's just plugged in. She just put her headphones into her iPad. And uh, we're going to have her come over here. And she's going she's gonna to talk to us a little bit about what's been going on since quarantine life. Nevey, come here and talk on the mic. Can you come here for a second? Woo-hoo. We also got a real big storm brewing over here. So it is super exciting time over here at One Ones Away. Big thunders, big storms. Nevey. You want to try this again before? Uh, tell me about what's your thoughts on the storm. Okay, not a lot of action on the uh, storm here. How about you, Atticus? Why don't you come over here and uh, I got a couple questions for you. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Come on, Addy, come over here for a second. Come here, I got to ask you some questions. So, what have you been doing uh, since uh, quarantine took over? What do you mean? What have you been doing? What has what have you been working on? What's been fun? All right. So that's what it's like here. It's really super exciting and, and can be quite frustrating. How about how about how about Aaron here? What is what's uh what's my wife up to on the quarantine land here? Oh, just working and you know, helping the kids with their schoolwork, uh, making lunches and basically being Everybody's go-to. It's fun. That sounds super, super exciting. So you can see here, a lot of stuff going on at One Ones Away. Uh, we got storms brewing. We got podcasts that we're recording, intros and outros. Uh, we're interviewing people. Oh, Neve, are you back? No. Okay. So, yeah. I, I In my head, what we were recording right now was going to be absolutely epic. So for you listeners out there, I do apologize. But what else is going on here over here at One Ones Away? Well... Really, truly, not a lot. It's kind of a bit of a of a boring week. We are considering expanding a little bit by bringing on a new uh, partner from Poland. Uh, that is a conversation that we are. I'll give you guys a little bit more detail on in the future here. Uh, but past that, it's pretty uh, 
pretty light going around here. Just kind of grinding it out, uh, not doing a lot. Tonight is a super, super exciting night. If you guys are interested, I've got my listening party tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, that's over on Discord. If you guys need a link, make sure you guys shoot me an email, jeff at woodshed.agency, and I can get you guys a link to that if you guys ever want to join. It's every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Tonight, though, we are going to be diving through... Uh, some of the legendary albums that came out of a very famous studio called Sound City. Um, if you're not familiar with it, go Google that. You can. Uh, there's a documentary about the studio. There's trailers. And I, I put together a pretty good playlist um, of some albums that are that we all know. We all know. We all love these albums. Uh, so that is uh, that's tonight at eight o'clock. So again, it's over on Discord, um, and it's pretty interesting how it works. You guys, um, if you guys have a Spotify account, you integrate your accounts. And um, I push play, and it syncs to everybody's device. So it's actually pretty sweet. Um, and then we chat the whole time, and I give uh, tidbits and maybe some behind the scenes of things you might not realize about some of these, some of this amazing music from back in the day. But uh, yeah, so that's not that's about what's going on. Not a lot today. It's a it's a rainy, cloudy day, cloudy Thursday here in Detroit. Um, and we're just, just grinding out, just getting it down. I'm going to eat some pizza here in a second. So yeah, not a lot of info today on this intro. Uh, but again, if you guys are fans of the episode, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Um, every day that we put out these episodes, we try to give everybody the most up-to-date information on crowdfunding day in and day out. Um, if you're looking for more information, go to our website, woodshed.agency right now. You can go to the blog section. There you'll see all kinds of articles about you know, how to be better at crowdfunding, you know, tips, techniques. Um, we just put up one the other day about lookalike audiences, uh, how you can use those for your crowdfunding campaign. So go check that out. Um, again, if you're a fan of the podcast, you're probably realizing that we're doing an, another interesting thing too, is um, uh, on Wednesdays, we are now releasing equity crowdfunding um, episodes. And those are, are going to be hosted by Sean Neal, my business partner, and he is talking equity. So we just put up our first episode yesterday called Popcom. Uh, so again, you can go to Woodshed right now, or you can go to iTunes, wherever you're getting your podcast. And, um, and you can check out that episode as well. So that's going to be all about equity. That's on Wednesday. So if you look at our content schedule right now, Mondays and Thursdays, you're getting reward content, reward, reward crowdfunding conversations from me. Tuesdays are blogs. Um, and then Wednesdays are equity crowdfunding. And then if you're part of our newsletter, every Friday we do a recap of all the content that's come off of us for the last couple of weeks. So, man, it's a lot of stuff. And then if you want even more, go over to Discord right now and uh, you can join a community of people like myself talking about uh, all the different stuff going on in digital marketing and crowdfunding. So a lot to sink your teeth into if you want. So with all that said, why don't we go ahead and kick to my conversation. Now, I do want to preface a little bit here that this conversation is a little bit more challenging. Anytime that I get the... Uh, the two people um, that I'm interviewing, uh, it's just it's a it's a it's a different interview um, than when you have the one-on-one -on -one conversation. But um, still, it was a great product. This uh, um, for uh, for this company Extra. This I think this is their fourth campaign. So these guys are now serial Kickstarter. So there's a lot of information that you guys can uh, can take from it. And um, and again, this is one of those projects too that when you look at it and you and you're like, yeah, it's just a key holder. But when you really dive in, it's designed beautifully. Um, and it, I can definitely see this uh, being something that I, I need to add in my world. So, um, why don't we go ahead and kick up my conversation right now? Let's let's learn about uh, Exter and this new uh, keyholder. All right, guys. So red lights on. So. Why don't you guys tell me, uh, tell my listeners kind of who you guys are and what you guys are currently raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter. 
Yes. Um, so my name is Oliver, one of the founders of Exter. We started about five years ago uh, with three founders. Uh, I'm personally in charge of the marketing side of things. So mostly everything that you see online, uh, all the creatives, all the strategies that we uh, have in ter terms of paid, but also socials. Um, and then Rick. Yeah, so my name is Rick, also one of the co-founders. Um, I'm mainly occupied with the supply chain and the, the product, so mainly the design. Very cool. Very, very cool. So, yeah, so talk, talk, yeah, tell our listeners a little bit about what, you know, what this product is on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, so we, we, um, we started this, this campaign mostly out of a personal frustration. Um, uh, we do, of course, have you know, a wide range of products on the website already, but we wanted to solve another issue that we were having, which is uh, just the hassle of keys, um, you know, not being able to access them, uh, not being able to find them, um, and just it always being a mess. Uh, so we wanted to organize that into a compact, small key holder, uh, which is when we designed the, the smartest key holder, in our, in our opinion. Um, it's, it's a compact, small key holder, which you can uh, access with one hand. You can just pick the right key. It's trackable, so you don't lose it again. You can ring it. Um, you can even ring your phone from your key holder. So it has a bunch of cool tech uh, features. Um, and, and we also thought this would be a great, uh, yeah, complimentary product for the products that we really have, have on the website. Um, so, yeah. Very, very cool. So for our listeners who can't see it right now or haven't been to the website, kind of walk us through a little bit, if you can, visually, you know, through words, visually, like how big is this? You know, how many keys am I putting in it? What does it kind of look like? Yeah, so um, the key holder is made of um, actually two metal components. And basically, there's a pin in the metal that goes right through your keys. So they're stacked together in a very compact manner. So first of all, they're super organized. And as Oliver just said, you can use it with one, uh, with one hand. So you never have to struggle picking the right keys. Uh, they don't jingle. So uh, people actually call it jingle anxiety. So when you walk with a, with a whole keychain, it doesn't make any noise, luckily. Um, and then the tracker will be about, let's say it's about maybe six centimeters. Uh, so it's still very compact. And so where does this sort of fit? Like when was the start of this idea? When would you guys start to, to put this idea together to work on? Yeah, we've been, this is one of our longest projects. I would say we've been thinking and about this and working on it for, for years already. Um, I think it did kind of take a backseat because our main flagship products are, are wallets and that's what we're known most for. So we've, we've always been, um, you know, improving on our current products and the newer projects did take longer and it's, it's difficult to, you know, enter a new market with a, with a completely new product. So, um, but yeah, I would say about two years we've been working on it and, um, really happy with the, with the final result. And as you can see, I mean, the people of Kickstarter are loving it. So. Yeah. Very, very cool. So, you know, so two years ago, what starts the process for you guys, maybe you between you two or the company, like how do you guys start to discuss bringing a new product to the market? Um, yeah, it always comes from own frustration, I would say. Um, that would happen with the wallet. And then we quickly started seeing, okay, now we, we improved the wallet. Um, what can we improve next? So and you start looking around what's already available and you're still not satisfied with that. Uh, you start iterating on those designs. Uh, you start discussing some ideas. And yeah, there, we, we discussed like hundreds of designs because there's so many ways to do this, but it's very hard to do it right. Um, so that's, why, that's also a big reason why it took so long. Um, and then you start making cheap prototypes, sometimes even made of paper 
um, just some very small components, see how it works. We sampled, we made dozen samples in China. Um, we're still not satisfied. And then, yeah, after a couple of tries, we, we, uh, we came to this design. Yeah, we even got That's a cool. printer for this. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> helps out to quickly sample. That was a great investment. have to order it from China every time. Yeah. So how many, like typically, like how many prototypes do you kind of go through before you get to something where you feel like you're ready? Like, okay, I got something I could maybe photograph or whatever it might be. But like, when do you know that you have something? Uh, this is hard to, uh, to really pinpoint a number because it really differs per product. Um, I mean, with this one, definitely hundreds. Definitely hundreds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely most, hundreds of prototypes. It was by far the most complicated one because also keys are always different. Uh, there's not one yeah. key and it's, that's, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> very difficult for us. Um, yeah, it, it, took, it took two years to develop this one. So, a lot. <laughs> yeah, so... Over the, the, that two years, what was the biggest thing keeping you guys up at night? You know, in terms of this project, like the thing that you just were like, man, uh, we can't, we're trying to really solve this thing. Yeah, so I think for me, mainly the whole design process, because um, we knew it took so long. We're spending so much time on this product, this project, um, and still it wasn't really satisfactory. So then you get to a point like, should we even continue? And that's obviously not the best feeling. I think well, we had we had super high expectations as well because yeah. like we have we had some demands which just did not exist. So it needed to be it needed to be super compact, which is it's hard to find on the market. Like there's no real competitors that are as small as ours. Then it needs to be super user friendly, you know, easy to assemble but also easy in use. Um, right. And then combining that with the whole tech side of things really makes it an impossible project to uh, uh, to complete quickly. Uh, it just requires a lot of testing and every key is different. You know, it's the same as with mm -hmm. our wallets. Every card is different. There's always some kind of a, so it's not universal. So it's, it needs to be applicable to all types of different components that you add to it, uh, which is, right. yeah, just makes it super difficult. So, you know, I, I think Rick, you talked about something kind of interesting and I think a lot of startup people or entrepreneurs are, will go through this at some point of, should I keep going? Um, what, what was there a moment though for you guys that you know you guys saw something to get you over that hump as opposed to just being like you know what guys we've been working on this you know nine months eleven months thirteen months you know was there a moment though that you had maybe a prototype or a three D printed version of it that you were like okay now we've done it uh, yeah definitely so we had some concepts but I mean we were just at a point where we didn't really want to sample too much in China again because it was taking a lot of time it was costing us a lot of money. Then we got the 3D printer so we could rapidly uh, prototype uh, new ideas that we had. And one of these ideas uh, were printed, was printed in the office and that, that was actually a successful idea. So yeah, I think definitely getting that printer sped up the process yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 That's, that's cool. How about the learning curve on that? Is that something that anybody can just like, I don't know, I've never 3D printed anything, so I don't really know like the software. I'm not that dude. So like, I don't know, is that, uh, is that, is that a big skill set that you have to also figure out? You start Googling, you know? You built the entire printer from the ground up. Like they just sent us this whole package with screws and bolts and all this stuff. And he actually spent like what? It was a week. Yeah. An entire week building this thing. So that it was, was awesome. a, it was a fun project actually. Okay. So we have a designer. She was uh, very experienced with 3D printers. But I knew as, as a product manager, I should have some knowledge about the printer as well. So it was great for me to understand the inner works of the printer so I can at least 
use it as well. Sure. Uh, sure. All right. I don't know if I'm going to put that on my wish list for this year. I don't know if I need a 3D <laughs> printer yet, but maybe, maybe, you know, I don't really have anything to print at the moment, but, uh, well, cool. Um, you know, so how, like, do you guys, before you guys start working on a project, cause again, you guys have multiple products and stuff. So you guys are experiencing this, but do you guys put together a buyer persona before you launch something or do you, or is that something that you start, you know, you guys mentioned like, Hey, we're trying to solve maybe our own problem, but then from there, do you do like a buyer persona or do you do it before you even launch a product? Where does that fit into your timeline? We, we, we do have design pillars or a certain type of design language that we within the team always hold to. And there's, there's just some some things in each product that make it extra, that make it us, um, and we always keep to that. So that's super important, that design language. Um, and I would say, yeah, there's not really a blueprint. It's not like we go, it's not like we look at people in the market first. We really look at our own frustrations, uh, and then we try to get some market validation to see if that's a universal thing, if people do have that. Um, and then, you know, once we get that conf- confirmation, we can move forward. Yeah, we, we just that we really started with our own buyer persona, basically, like what are the frustrations that we have. We started to become more uh, structured into our, into our design approach where we really ask the customers uh, about their needs rather than saying like, hey, what do you think about this product? So we, uh, we, we go very broad and then uh, follow it down. And this is this gotcha. is a highly anticipated and requested product by our by our following as well. So we do like a bunch of sur- surveys. Yeah, after it was people. based on something. Indeed. So people definitely requested this. This was one of the top ones that they were requesting. So, and now, that's interesting. Let's can we if we can, can we talk a little bit about that? Just as a company, how are you guys utilizing? information like that are you openly always asking for it is that something that you think came from the kickstarter world because again one of the added benefits i tell project creators is you're going to get feedback like be open to it like you know when you're if you're running these kickstarters you might get an amazing idea and just in a random comment on a tuesday right so (laughs) something that you guys have kind of interjected into your company and you're always asking and and trying to gather that feedback definitely definitely yeah it's super important i think it's even it's even a great way to figure out, you know, which channels are working for marketing. If you can ask that in your surveys, where did these people come from? Uh, what is it that they like about the products, and and what do they want to see in the future? Those are that's crucial information. And if you can get that from your customers, it's it's golden. Um, so we we really try to do as much, you know, we do, try to send as many surveys as we can without annoying people. Right. Uh, we did kind of, I think it's uh, we did learn it from Kickstarter, but. It's it should be general best practice for for everyone, I would say. Yeah. How do you walk that fine line between keeping? You know, you guys mentioned your own like your brand aesthetics. Like these are the things that we stand for. How do you walk that fine line between? Hey, we're getting this feedback from the general public, but this is our brand. How do you walk that fine line between listening but still, you know, being true to what you guys do? Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say we. So we we do see if there's a connect between what these customers ask or what the community community asks from us. If there's a connect between their opinions and ours, I know that we we're quite stubborn in a way that we won't produce something that we're not going to use ourselves. So if if they're all asking for something that we don't stand behind as a team, then we're not going to design it or produce it even if people are asking for it. Uh, you know, let's say people really want a, a leather fidget spinner. Like, we're not going to make that. <laughs> it's just not our style. 
So um, there has to be, you know, a personal and emotional connection to the product. Uh, but we do tailor that to what, what the, ma- the market is asking for. I think that's definitely the most objective aspect of um, the product we, we design. Uh, but that's still something we can test. So we, we launched a survey to our Kickstarter backers about uh, to ask why they um, backed this current keyholder project. And a lot of them actually said they backed it because of the design. So that validates uh, um, yeah, our, our ideas, actually. That's cool. That's very cool. With, you know, in this process, you know, this two-year process, did you guys always know that you were going to go to Kickstarter? Or is it something that you, know, you start to think, you know, as you're going, you're like, hey, this, is, this project is going to be good for uh, a Kickstarter launch? I think Kickstarter actually um, becomes super useful when you have a lot of uh, different features. Uh, that's at least how we, uh, how we experienced it. Uh, so when we launched the wallet, we had a, quite a lot of different features for a wallet. Uh, it was quite uh, innovative for that time. Um, but let's say we, we launched something that you know, doesn't have this big list of features because it's simply not possible for the product. And it doesn't really make sense for us to invest heavily into the Kickstarter promotions. It's probably better to uh, to launch it on our website. Mm-hmm. We've launched many products in the meantime that haven't gone on Kickstarter. So, like Rick said, mostly if it's just small iterations, we won't we won't go live on Kickstarter. But this is like the best platform to get market validation without a major investment, uh, and and it's just really nice to see you know what the community has to say. Um, so it's instant confirmation that it's a successful product. Yeah, it's very cool. Oh, so over that two years, when does the plan of kickstarter start to fit in is it after you get that prototype maybe it's after you guys got your 3d printer or you know when does when does that start to kind of we take shape and we're gonna yeah, start working on this our framework uh is it's usually six months before the campaign starts at least um is when you start creating content for it uh because you need to do pr outreach you know you need to prep all your influencers you need to make sure that all the content is on point uh and that you're connected to all your paid uh, partnerships and collaborations to make sure that the launch is success, uh, which all takes a lot of time. So we like to at least start six months ahead of the launch date. Uh, and I know for the previous few campaigns, we were always delayed with our launch. So now we took, I think, about seven months and we were right yeah. on time. So that was good. That's cool. That's cool. You, know, you guys have talked a little bit about, or you mentioned just team members and stuff. What do you guys kind of look for, for team members, partners, like what are some of the skill sets you're thinking about for again, thinking about like a, an entrepreneur or startup who's putting together a team, you know, what are you guys looking for for team members? Um, yeah. yeah, it's mainly, I think we, we learned a lesson, like the most important thing is team fit because you, you really have to work with them for, you know, for days um, out in the day. So it's really important that, that you match with them. Um, and that's the number one thing, but of course we're also looking for track records. Uh, like, as the company is growing, you you will start looking for more senior people. So then you you know, like you invest heavily. And you want to make sure that they can replicate what they've done before. Yeah, and, and eagerness to learn. That's also one of the things we look at. So most of our interns that we've had now have a full time position uh, at the company and have actually grown to become head of, head of a department, which is cool. You know, they've been with us for three four years, and then they grow from being a customer service intern to head of PR or head of operations. Uh, and those are all people that are eager to learn and, and want to grow uh, in their career. So that's super important for us as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's, let's flip over to the like actual Kickstarter, which is why we're talking. And we haven't even really talked about like some of the numbers, but uh, we're talking with about two weeks to go in the campaign. 
Um, you guys have literally crushed your goal. You're sitting at uh, just under $200,000 when we're talking uh, a ton of backers, mm-hmm. almost 3,000 backers at this point. Um, you know, what were, were there any metrics, considering that this is your fourth campaign though, was there any metrics you were looking for before you hit that launch button? I know you said you launched on time, but was yeah. there some like a metric that you were looking for to say, we're going to launch on time? What, what were you guys looking for behind the scenes? So we, we, over the years, we've learned uh, what to do before you go live. And one of those things is, you know, collecting emails, collecting interested people who want the product before you're live. That's even like it's pre-market, even pre-market validation, <laughs> before Kickstarter. Uh, so, you know, like you do ads, you do social posts, uh, newsletters, you see how many people sign up. And for this product specifically, it was an unusually high amount. So we, mm. we knew that people really wanted this. And especially the people who already have a wallet, uh, this is the perfect addition you know, to your ecosystem for everyday carry. Uh, and, and once we noticed that just you know, tons of people started signing up, we, we knew this was going to be a hit. But I think that was... Go ahead. Was, was, um, and has there been anything that stood out in this campaign that's been unique? Like, I don't know, a country that's supporting you a lot or just something that you guys were not expecting that's, that's, that's been a talking point? I think the fact that we launched in the middle of the pandemic and still <laughs> had a great first day and yeah. still, you know, the rest of the campaign's doing quite well. That's the most unique thing we've experienced. We did notice um, definitely less success with all our, you know, paid partnerships. So like newsletter features, a uh, paid ad, they're all not performing as well as they used to, uh, yeah. which could be, you know, it could have something to do with, with Kickstarter, uh, you know, that it's less popular these days, but I definitely do attribute some of it to the global pandemic. I think people are a little afraid to spend. Um, and we we were surprised by the number of backers. So we're happy, like, you know, we already have 3,000 backers. We still have 15 days to go. Uh, we'll probably probably hit the most backers we've ever hit in one campaign with this one. I'm not sure if we'll f- be funded as much as our first campaign, but still, it's nice to have many people supporting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so? What was some of that conversation around the pandemic launching? Was there any hesitation on your guys' end? Was there any, you know, or or were you guys just like, you know, we we just got to do it, you know, and just see? Was there any reservation at all? Yeah, we definitely did hesitate at some point because, you know, like we just kind of wanted to wait what, what uh, the future will, will bring us. Uh, but then again, we also know that during these times, you you got to make sure you stay afloat. But it's also important you still keep on growing because otherwise you're just stuck in one position. Um, so it, it, we just saw it as a waste of all the efforts and we did believe it, we could still make something out of it. Maybe it wouldn't be as successful, but it still would still be good for, uh, you know, to... To, yeah, basically stay afloat. And and it's just it. yeah, it would have been a waste to just oh, yeah. look back. Uh, we we were excited to launch it because it took so long, and it's also it could it, it could be a positive thing. Like less people are going live, um, mm-hmm. more people are online. People are spending less money on on shopping uh, offline and uh, and restaurants and stuff. So people are spending it more online. Uh, so it could could have a positive effect. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. What, you know, for this campaign, what have you guys been doing in the middle to keep that energy up 
um, you know, in a scenario where we have these, you know, pretty intense new cycle days of just like, you know, oh, what's happening now today? How do you guys sort of keep on people's radars, keep it going outside of like pay-per-click? Like what, what do you guys consistently try to do uh, just to keep that energy up for a, for a campaign? Yeah, it's, it's mostly working with, with a lot of journalists and influencers to try to get the word out. So we do a bunch of PR outreach. We have an in-house PR team. Uh, that brings uh, in a lot of traffic, a lot of eyeballs and um, uh, influencers as well. People that talk about the product on YouTube, Instagram, all those social channels. Uh, we have a lot of paid partnerships who do newsletters throughout the campaign. Um, and that always brings in a lot uh, of interested people as well. So I think, I think it's just, you know, the whole, the whole uh, combination of all these different things uh, paid ads, as you said, super important to keep, keep that um kind of keep that momentum throughout the campaign if you don't do that i feel like it would just kind of die in the middle and then perhaps at the end it will pick up again chat it's a combination of everything and i think we've over the years we've we've really kind of picked up on every little thing you can do to boost the kickstarter campaign so we're just doing everything we can (laughs) yeah what's been the biggest difference between this one and maybe the last three i mean this is right this is number four have, has there been like monumental changes that you've seen or, you know, has it got easier, harder, you know, has there been anything that you're just like, man, this one is, this is the yeah, best one, you know, this is the first time we've done a non wallet project. So that's different. Um, I would say it's a little harder than it used to be five years ago. Kickstarter was just so popular and, you know, had more, just more interested people in buying right now. I think the, the reputation of crowdfunding has taken a hit over the years so uh, well, it's, that's definitely different it's a different target market i would say because you know it's just a completely different product so mm-hmm. that's interesting for us to learn and how, how how do you market a completely new product yeah it's been it's definitely been harder i would say across the yeah. board yeah. for sure so so after this campaign ends, you know, a couple more weeks for all the money to start dropping and all that sort of stuff what starts happening for you guys to get this product into people's hands the production guy. Yeah, the it. production. So um, we have basically everything lined up. So as soon as we have the funding, we can uh, we can purchase all the tooling. Um, and we can start going. Basically, the design is ready. Uh, we're, we always like to wait a bit after the Kickstarter to get everyone's feedback. So maybe, you know, there's one crucial point some backer points out, uh, which can actually be quite viable. And of course, then we have to make some iterations to the design. Um, but yeah, so basically, when the, when the funding is in of the Kickstarter, we can go ahead. And hopefully by uh, by August, it's in everyone's hands. That's cool. What ha, what typically happens in in this sort of scenario on the design, on the on the product side? Um, you know, a lot of campaigns have these little delays that pop up. What what starts happening? Is it getting like you mentioned, just getting surveys? But what are the things that that people need to be looking out for at this point? Um, you know, just to make sure that they're getting the product into people's hands successfully. You mean like what issues happen when there's a delay? Yeah, or? I mean like typically like like what are you guys like looking out for? What are the things that you're trying to avoid? Um, again, in this process of maybe working with China or a manufacturer, whatever it is, yeah. um, just to make sure that you're giving a really good product to people. I think that the nice part about having done four campaigns is we've we've literally made every mistake out there. So we've worked <laughs> with horrible shipping partners. We've, we've made every single mistake with you know with duties and and. Um, promising stuff that we can't deliver. Um, you just kind of, you want to go all out, especially when it's your first campaign. So 
we've become more careful with what we promise. We, we really know, like we have great partners in shipping. We know exactly how long it's going to take to produce it. We know that, you know, certain delays may arise. So we've always calculated that in. Um, and I think over the years, we've become so close with our factories and, and production partners that we know when something's up. We know when it's going to go wrong. So it's um, the only really the only real thing that can still mess things up is if this pandemic, you know, just has another big hit in China, for example, that could perhaps be catastrophic. But yeah, it seems like China has recovered now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what does this next year look like? Obviously, getting everything out to backers, doing all that sort of stuff. But what, as a company, what do you guys see the next twelve months looking like? I think for us, it's been a big year because this is the first uh, time we actually released products other than wallets. We had a couple of phone cases, you know, but it wasn't really a, a big contribution to the uh, overall revenue. Uh, but yeah, so basically we're building out the, 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 product, the product line. So with the key holder, there's more coming up. So a lot of design work. So our um, um, designers doing crazy hours just to keep up with all the, uh, with all the timelines. But it's going to be super exciting uh, to release some new stuff to our audiences. Cool. And how about like for you guys, what's your roadmap for like the next five years? Is it just continuing to do more and more um, products that fit into an ecosystem? Is it continuing to try to branch out, you know, into other products that like not Wallace, not key, you know, accessories? What do you guys kind of envision the next five years looking like? Yeah. So I think with the wallet, uh, we really saw that we, we pick a traditional item um, and we just optimize it to modern standards. And with that in mind, we, we really started to notice quite quickly that we can do it with other objects as well. So um, basically the idea and the vision of Xer is to pick everyday carry objects and to modernize them, to, to optimize them. So what we're doing with the key holder, we definitely think we can do it to other objects as well. Very yeah, so cool. Awesome. Instead expanding on the, the ecosystem and just making the life of the user easier. Uh, but this can expand and, you know, this can go into many other categories than just wallets or stuff that you keep in your pockets. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, so I've been asking all my guests since the pandemic happened of, uh, of sort of a lightning round question, not about crowdfunding, not about your project, just what you're doing in your day-to-day life. So you guys are good for this? If I uh, give you a quick lightning round questions here. Sure. sure. Go ahead. All right. All right. So, yeah. So my first one is, uh, what are you guys watching on the old Netflix or TV or whatever you guys are consuming right now? What, what, what's, what's caught you fancy? Um, the last thing I watched was um, Last Dance, the Michael Jackson Oh yeah, Michael Jordan. Sorry, <laughs> the Michael Jordan. Yeah, that, those are different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Maybe the last thing I watched, not that big into Netflix, but uh, was Batman the movie, the <laughs> Batman Begins. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. That's the the that's the uh, like the what, uh, what's the guys? I can't Chris think of the guys. Christopher Nolan's. Uh, there you go. There, yeah, that's yeah. Those are good ones. I I enjoy those. How about uh, are you guys? Has there been a movie that you guys have watched recently? Well, you watched the Batman one, but how about you, Oliver? Has there been a movie that you've uh, consumed? Um, I haven't been watching movies lately, honestly. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah, I, I watched uh, Dumb and Dumber the other day. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Old school classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little light classic to, <laughs> to keep everybody think there. How about, um, are there any uh, podcasts, obviously outside of mine, because you're obviously listening to mine all the time. Uh, <laughs> how about any other podcast episodes out there? You guys, uh, uh, podcast I, listeners? How I Built This is high on our list. It's a great one. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, Masters of Skill, 
It's also a nice one yeah. by Reed Hoffman. Uh, yep. I like the BBC podcast, uh, Infinite Monkey Cades. Sort of a side <laughs> podcast. Yeah, uh, I remember that one. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. How about books? You guys book readers? I just, uh, like he's a huge reader. I'm not a big reader, but I just ordered uh, Blitz Scaling, also by Reed Hoffman. Uh, very curious to read it. Um, so it's yeah. around tomorrow. Uh, for me, it was actually a book about cancer. Uh, okay. A bit more about that. Uh, I was <laughs> just generally cool. learning about cancer? That's, that's... Was, uh, that was very interesting. Okay. All right. All right. All right. How about, um, and my last one is going to be around, is how about like, um, are there uh, blogs you go to or or things online that you think are valuable or anything that you guys are kind of consuming pretty consistently uh, on the internet? Um. I don't think there's specific blogs you read every day. Um, there's what I do. I like I go a lot of, on Hacker News just to read the news and everything. I think the content on there is super interesting. Uh, what we do a lot as well is we track competitors and other companies that are doing really well, not necessarily in the same space, but just see if we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think big ones are uh, Shopify. So Shopify is a great blog. We have uh, Neil Patel has a lot of interesting stuff on yeah. the market in the marketing scene. Uh, and then Verge and Wired just to kind of stay up to date with the most recent tech stuff. Uh, yeah, just really like just across the board, a bunch of marketing uh, blogs and, and online, you know, tech magazine. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, where can people dive in, learn more, kind of get into your guys' world outside of the Kickstarter? How can people kind of learn what you guys are working on? Um, honestly, yeah, this, uh, our, our blog. So we have, um, the extra blog, the extra journal, which talks about upcoming products. Um, we also have a press page where we talk, you know, where we have press releases and we talk about things that are coming up and things that we've, uh, recently released. And we really dive into it from a founder's perspective as well. So. Very, very cool. Awesome. Well, I'll put that in the show notes as well. I'll get those links out there, but, um, guys, the extra extra news. Very, very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day. I know you guys are busy. You're in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign, got a lot of products you're working on. So, uh, um, but man, this is a huge, huge project. I encourage everybody, all my listeners go out there, check it out, uh, become a backer support. And, uh, I wish you guys a lot of success in the future and, uh, and good luck. Hopefully we can talk again on another successful campaign. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Good luck to you. All right. Thanks so much guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 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 How about that conversation? I told you, you guys are going to learn a lot, man. Um, so these guys are doing a great job. Now, if, if you're not in the, um, you know, if you're thinking about it, why don't you guys go over to Kickstarter right now, either pick up one of their new key holders. Uh, looking right now, it's about $26 to, uh, I'm sorry, $30 to get one of these key holders. And if you don't want to do that, just become a Gawker backer. Um, you know, pledge a dollar, be a part of their, uh, their giveaway. And, um, yeah, go support them. Um, check out what they're doing. Check out their campaigns. But uh, all right, for everybody else, we're listening to a song right now called Soldier. This is not released from Sugar People. That's right, you heard it here. Not released music. It's called Soldier. It's a rock and roll song. Um, and uh, yeah, it's from the Sugar People. You know, it's our rock and roll days, but, so you guys can enjoy that as well. But for everybody else, I hope you guys are having a great week. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you all on Monday. I took a chance on a world I didn't know
to warn me But his words, they felt so cold But it came to this to really see In this place, my green fields have turned into sand With the weight of the U.S. on my back We're just pieces of someone's big plan Where will it be the second that I break? Only then will I ever fit in Father, did you get the letters I wrote? I took a man's life someone I should have murdered this damn murder's man! 